This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Um, uh, I can't have trouble reading this. Reuters, uh, the tangent about both. What's going on, everybody? I'm not reading this. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. We are alive from the swamp. That's right. We are in Washington, D.C. I'm doing a whole slew of interviews with senators and congresspeople. I'm making a couple other uh, TV appearances. I was on Tim Pool's podcast last night. I'll be heading over to the Newsmax studios a little bit later. Lots going on here in D.C. It's kind of funny when we uh, set up this trip. Obviously, the idea was this was sort of going to be a victory celebration because this red wave was anticipated. We certainly did not get the red wave, and there's some more evidence of that coming out of Arizona just in the last uh, 12 hours or so. Uh, However, it does look like Republicans will at least get the House which at this point leads to still somewhat of a lame duck situation for the Democrats. They won't be able to push that much through regardless what happens with the Senate. Uh, and I've been, uh, I've been talking about that with uh, Jim Jordan yesterday, Senator Rand Paul this morning, uh, Ted Cruz is coming by a little bit later and we're gonna be posting these interviews over the next couple of days. And I sense really uh, just from the two interviews I've done so far with Congressman Jim Jordan and from Rand Paul, Uh, is that there is sort of this renewed like, oh, we maybe have to do a little bit better than being just the anti-Democrat party. Uh, We have to sort of model this thing a little bit more like what's going on in Florida. Like there are ways to win this thing and maybe some of us dropped the ball to some degree or the wider Republican party did or whatever it might be. So anyway, today uh, we're gonna be sort of catching you up on everything that's happened in the last week. A little bit about big tech and censorship and a little more of the lunacy from the left and all that good stuff. And then this afternoon, we are just gonna wander around the mall. We are gonna wander around DC. I was thinking maybe I would put on a little lipstick and a dress and see if I could get an interview with the president. So uh, we're gonna have to find, uh, what size What size would I be in a nice sundress, do you think? Uh, I guess that would be a large, right? Probably for a woman, I would be a woman's large. Um, but Daphne said I can borrow her lipstick. So it's all very exciting around here. Uh, and before we get to it, let's talk about Bonner Private Wine, and then we will do a political talk show. Uh, do you guys love drinking wine over the holiday season? Wish you could find high quality, delicious wines at an affordable price. Well, I've got some great news for you. For 200 years, a few small families deep in the Andes Mountains have been making a dark red wine unlike anything you've ever tasted. These wines are made in such small quantities, many wouldn't normally make it to the U.S., but the guys over at Bonner Private Wine Partnership have partnered with these families to bring this never-before-imported wine to wine lovers in the U.S., plus no oak extracts or dyes, no excess sugar, and none of the fillers mass-market wine industry uses in the grocery store wine. Up until now, you'd have to travel thousands of miles in a five-hour drive on treacherous dirt roads just to get your hands on a single bottle.
model, but today I've arranged a special access for my audience to be among the first Americans to reserve this rare supply of extreme altitude wine. Visit bonnerprivatewines.com slash Dave and you'll get top quality extreme altitude wine for a huge discount, perfect for any holiday meal with the family. If you order today, you'll not only get a huge discount and complimentary shipping, you'll also get a bonus bottle of small batch limited production wine from their exclusive seller. That's four bottles for the price of three. These wines are small batch and they'll go fast, so act today. Just go over to bonnerprivatewines.com slash Dave. And now back to me. Okay, so although we are in DC and we're talking uh, to important influential people, some with positive vision for uh, America and, you know, good ideas in that nature. We thought, well, let's start with the view anyway, right? Because they're still doing what they do over there. Um, and if you want to talk about misinformation and disinformation and how that if you're a lefty or a Democrat or a liberal, you get what I always call is Democrat privilege. That is the one privilege in the United States that you can lie and cheat and get everything wrong and you will get a promotion and you will be put on television and you'll get an award and all that good stuff. Well, here is Sonny Hostin at The View. You guys know Sonny Hostin, racist Sonny Hostin, who might have gotten herself in a little election trouble the other day because she also said that she voted for her son. So there's a little confusion around that. She might have committed election fraud. But putting all that aside, she just completely made up on the show live on air yesterday uh, that the Republicans somehow want to change the voting age in the United States to 28. But I will say this, just like the Latina saved uh, the Senate, Young voters save this yes. country. And we need to really understand that we are supposed to leave this world in a better place than we found it. When you look at the youth voter turnout in the 2022 midterms, they delivered key wins for the Democrats. Younger voters aged 18 to 29, which by the way, now the Republicans want to uh, raise the, the voting to age 28. Um, younger voters were the only voter group by age to overwhelmingly support Democrats in the midterms. Okay, so she completely made that up. She completely made that up. There is no mainstream Republican anywhere. We did all sorts of Googling and duck duck going and other search stuff things, and we couldn't find anything on that. Apparently, there's a libertarian podcaster who randomly mentioned it. He just floated the idea out, but she completely made that up. The audience kind of gasps like, oh no, the Republicans are coming for young people. Also, you know, this idea of sort of young people pitting young people against old people, the young people save the country. The young people save the country. That's really dangerous. You know, how many of us really know ourselves and our thoughts to, in, to completion or to the best of our ability when, say, we're 18 to 25? Do you think you were at your best at 18 to 25? Or do you think that as you get older, generally speaking, if you've got your head on straight, you're going to get better and more refined in your thinking and understand more about the nature of humanity and what freedom is and what I don't know, maybe history has taught us and what generations before fought for and things of that nature. So she's so excited that young people, and it does look like a decent amount of Gen Z did get out there and vote and they did break Democrat, that part is true, uh, but they saved us because if those old mean Republicans had just voted and we would have turned more red, what? What does she think would have happened? Well, she 
I guess she thinks that Nazis would have taken over and fascism would have been here and everything else. Anyway, not that they ever correct anything that happens on The View, but it is a news show to some degree. ABC News, uh, unsurprisingly, did not issue a correction. I mean, she just made it up. And this goes consistently, why I'm sort of connecting this to misinformation, uh, this goes consistently to what I always say about they can launder the lies, right? So she puts that out on television now. Now the clip of that will go viral in sort of the, the Democrat blue circles. And then a whole bunch of people will suddenly believe that Republicans want to change the age, the voting age to 28. That is misinformation and disinformation, but I assure you it will not, and actually in my opinion, should not be corrected by big tech. ABC as a news organization, because she's doing hot topics on a show that brings news to people, could issue a correction. That would be something a little bit different. But to segue from that, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, who as you guys know, former Democrat Tulsi Gabbard. She endorsed a whole bunch of Republicans and, and campaigned with a whole bunch of Republicans before this election. It did not turn out that well, uh, but I can tell you that I know Tulsi believes she did the right thing and you don't always win everything in politics. Uh, well, she's still beating the drum on the issues that she cares about. One of the big ones is tech censorship. Uh, so although the candidates that she was backing did not do that well, her star to me is still on the rise because she's still positioned as sort of a center-right, sane person, ex-lib kind of thing. So she was guest hosting for Tucker Carlson last night and uh, she had a nice monologue when it came to how Democrats work with big tech to actually subvert democracy. Fortunately, while in Bali today, instead of delivering a necessary message of unity to all Americans, President Biden chose to attack half the country, once again implying that the only acceptable democratic outcome is a win for the Democratic Party. Let me start with a few words about the recent elections held in the United States. What we saw was the strength and resilience of the American democracy, and we saw it in action. And the American people prove once again that democracy is who we are. And there was a strong rejection of election deniers at every level from those seeking to lead our states. As long as the Democratic Party and the permanent Washington elite are working hand in hand with Google and Facebook, and as long as Google is allowed to continue to use its monopoly power to skew public opinion in a certain direction, literally manipulating the information that we as voters are allowed to see, then there is no democracy. Yeah. She's kind of right on that. And it reminded me of the clip that we showed you yesterday of Senator Marco Rubio talking about how the chips are so stacked against those of us that believe in freedom, right? I don't even wanna say conservatives. Those of us that roughly believe in freedom and that America is a decent place. You've got big tech against you. You've got all the corporate power against you. You've got the cultural hegemony against you. The fact that these elections are so close and that Republicans don't do all this early drop-off stuff and early voting and all that, right? Generally, Republicans tend to show up on election day and like that paper trail. Oh, I filled this thing out. I dropped it in myself. They're gonna count it right then and there. We're gonna have some transparency when it comes to these elections. Marco Rubio, what he was saying was the fact that all of that stuff is against us and these elections are close show you that actually we do have the right ideas. That's really the same thing that Tulsi is talking about there. That in essence, with so much misinformation that is promoted by Democrats, such as Sonny Hostin, right? 28 year old voting, that's what the Republicans want, even though she completely made it up. Um, the fact that we are able to keep these things as close as we can shows you we've got something good here and we just have to figure out how to fight back better, whether that is 
building new tech. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. Uh, whether that is solidifying these elections. I mean, the 20-point the, the win by Ron DeSantis in Florida is not simply a result of how good he has governed. It's That's a huge part of it, obviously. But it's also largely in part because we have secure elections here. So nobody, except for the woman that sits next to Sonny Hostin, Anna Navarro, who lives in Florida, nobody thinks that there were any shenanigans in the Florida elections. But a lot of people think that there were shenanigans in other elections. We're going to talk about Arizona in just a minute. And then, oh, by the way, uh, I don't know if you've heard about this, but uh, that that orange guy, Donald Trump, uh, he might be making a big announcement tonight. Do I have that bust? Can I get that bust back? in here. I'm going to, when I do the Trump segment, I want to hold a Trump, a bust of Donald Trump. Uh, anyway, we're going to talk about Arizona in a sec. Let me talk to you guys about Bullion Max real quick. Uh, you know, as inflation surpasses highs not seen in 40 years, the value of the dollar is decreasing with every passing day. You're paying more at the pump, at the grocery store for cars and housing. Face it, paper money is worth less. Friends, the timing couldn't be any better for my newest sponsor, Bullion Max. Bullion Max is a direct-to-consumer precious metal retailer who can help you diversify into gold and silver. It's a hedge against inflation. It's also security for your family in times of crises. And here's why I love Bullion Max. They're owned by veterans in the precious metal space, offer some of the lowest prices on the internet, and they make it so easy to buy directly from their website. I want to help you get started, so I worked out a special offer just for you. Get Bullion Max's Silver Starter Kit is at employee pricing. Just go to bullionmax.com Dave. The kit includes five of the most desirable silver products to invest in, including a silver American Eagle and a silver Australian Kangaroo. This offer is limited to just one per household, so get yours now. Go to bullionmax.com Dave now. And now back to me. You know, real quick before I move on to what's going on in Arizona, I meant to tell you guys this yesterday because it was just hilarious as I'm walking here. So, you know, we live in Florida now. My whole team is with me. And we don't really see homeless encampments in Florida. We just don't see them. We don't have them in Miami area, certainly, and we really don't have them in Florida. But anyway, we're in D.C., so it's sort of like being in L.A. They have, like, basically tent cities for homeless people. So Daphne, my assistant, and I were walking over to the the studio, and I had, and I'm holding a hanger with my jacket and shirt and everything because I didn't want it to get all, all wrinkled. And we have to go under a bridge, and there's literally, like, a homeless huge homeless city under a bridge. I mean, I'm talking dozens of tents under there, whatever. We have to walk past it. It didn't look like the safest place to walk through, but we we knew that to get to where we had to go, otherwise we're going to have to really circle around. Anyway, we start walking through. This guy comes out of a tent, starts coming right at us, and so we kind of like, you know, oh, what are we going to do? And uh, he goes, no, no, he goes, guys, guys, don't worry. I don't want any money from you. I just want your jacket. And I was like, well... <laughs> You can't have my jacket, but I appreciate the honesty in the uh, in the sales pitch over there. Anyway, little little throwaway. You know, I forgot what it's like to be in a largely blue area where you know homeless people will negotiate what they want out of you. Anyway, let's talk about uh, Arizona for just a sec. So the gubernatorial race has been decided, at least for now. Uh, Katie Hobbs has won the Arizona governor race over Carrie Lake. You know, one of the big issues in Arizona that Carrie Lake was constantly talking about. Carrie Lake uh, did believe Donald Trump's accusations in 2020. She was talking about election fraud the entire time. So it almost seems like this was the the race that this was going to happen in. It's a a razor thin uh, margin. And I suppose Carrie Lake is going to get involved in some lawsuits and and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, But they're already, the machine is already spewing out misinformation and disinformation about the Arizona election itself. And by the way, as you know, today is Tuesday. 
Election day was last Tuesday, seven days ago. So it took them basically six and a half days to count those last couple hundred thousand votes. Does that give any, let's say it was all legit, right? I'm not even, I'm not even claiming there was fraud. Let's say it was all legit. Does that give anyone confidence, whether you're in Arizona or anywhere else, just looking at Arizona going, well, wait a minute, why were they able to count millions and millions of votes? And then suddenly these last couple hundred thousand with the drop boxes and the early voting and everything else, this took them six extra days to figure out. It all just stinks. It doesn't mean that you have the smoking gun, but it just doesn't feel right. And actually, uh, as I said to Tim Poole last night, I think some of the incompetence is actually intentional. It's not that they're cheating outright, but if you can get enough people to believe that the system doesn't kind of work, then people give up hope. And you gotta have hope, you gotta have hope. Anyway, here is uh, Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC saying that Maricopa County, which is where some of the crazy irregularities were, they're just the best. You gotta trust these people over at Maricopa. And Mark, let's talk about what we've learned from, for instance, what's happened out in Maricopa County, what's left out there in terms of how the vote keeps, you know, coming in, despite all of what has been said by Donald Trump and other election deniers and now beginning to be also Kelly Ward, who's falling behind about, uh, you know, Katie Bob Hobbs. But for the governor's race, Maricopa County has some of the best vote counting processes because of past problems. Yeah, Andrea, they have a whole lot of practice. First off, she doesn't sound very confident as she's saying it, but if Maricopa County has some of the best processes, then why did it take them an extra six days? Actually, you wanna know about some of the best processes? Uh, You could try Miami, which was formerly blue, right? You could try uh, Tallahassee, you could try Orlando, you could try any of the counties and the cities in Florida where things were smooth and easy, and that's all because the Republicans went out of the way, DeSantis and Marco Rubio went out of their way to secure elections. Just make sure it's legit, not cheat, but make sure IDs, paper trails, et cetera, you get it. So how is it possible? Why would she even say that? How how can you look your audience? Andrea, I'm talking to you, lady. I do a similar thing for a living, right? We're both talking to the camera. How can you look at the camera, Andrea, and say to your audience that they have some of the best processes when it's six days after when the election was supposed to be called? Come on, lady. Anyway, here's uh, Maricopa County official Megan Gilbertson, uh, and she is not instilling any confidence in what's going on over there. Somebody's gonna have to tell Andrea Mitchell. About the possibility that they're slow rolling the vote. We checked yeah. in with those election officials about the process, why it's taking so long. Here's what they told us. This is fast for Maricopa County. It usually takes us anywhere between 10 and 12 days to complete the count. And we think we're gonna be done by the end of this week. You know, it's interesting how MSNBC frames things. So they bring this woman in to say, oh, it took a long time, but, uh, you know, it's still working and it's pretty good. But that's not evidence of anything, right? That's not evidence that it's good just because she says it's a little faster than it would normally be. Why is it still broken? How about that? How about that? So the takeaway from, from, I would say, last Tuesday specifically uh, and now what's happened with Arizona is that a certain amount of, P- and what happened with Arizona and Pennsylvania and certainly Michigan, which we're gonna talk about in a sec, 
is that the Democrats did not pay for what I think a lot of us thought they were going to pay for. I think a lot of us that are freedom loving, that don't want to be injected with shit and chop kids' genitals off and all that stuff, uh, we thought that more people, I suppose, were like us. Now, it should be noted that the Republicans won the popular vote in the midterms by about 5 million votes. They're still, you know, they're still trying to figure out the exact amount because we're a week later and they're still counting votes. But Republicans did get more votes. Republicans will get the House. Uh, Florida went solidly red, as you know. Uh, New York picked up, I think, I think they flipped four blue seats red. So like some good things did happen here. Um, but, but broadly speaking, the people who locked everybody down and crushed economies and all that stuff, they did not pay the price. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer, you guys know it. I've told you about her many times. She is one of the worst. The idea that this woman was reelected. Uh, Tudor Dixon did a fine, fine job. I was really impressed by her and I hope that she has a, a, a bright political future in front of her. And if she doesn't want to do politics, she had a good career beforehand, then she'll be just fine. Uh, but Gretchen Whitmer was voted in again. The people, they voted people in who were locking them down and then not abiding by their own lockdowns. Here's Whitmer, because now they launder the lies. She goes on CNN uh, claiming that she won because, uh, you know, she's focused on the right stuff. Keep Thank the governor's you. office, uh, but also control both chambers in your Michigan legislature. First time that's happened in almost 40 years. What takeaways do you have for national Democrats about your win in Michigan? Well, I can tell you, we stayed focused on the fundamentals, right? Whether it's fixing the dam roads or making sure our kids are getting back on track after an incredible disruption in their learning. I mean, it's just incredible. It's just incredible. This woman kept kids out of school for a year and a half, almost into two years in the debate. As you know, she said she only did it for three months. She boldface lied. I didn't see any Washington Post Pinocchio lie check on that thing. Um, the idea that people, I, I, it's, it's unfathomable to me. It, is it unfathomable? Yeah, it's unfathomable, not infathomable. It's unfathomable to me that people said, we want more of that. But that's what people in Michigan decided to do. Uh, she also said that the Democrats ran on bodily autonomy, which is a little confusing to me because I'm fairly certain they wanted to inject people with vaccines that don't work. Make people's lives better, but also protect our ability to make our own decisions about our bodies. These are fundamental core issues. If we're going to design our lives and make our decisions around our families, um, that is, you know, without question, an economic decision as well. That's interesting. So the woman who was forcing people out of jobs, locking people up at home, now she was going out and partying with her husband on their boat during all the lockdowns and all that stuff. You guys know that. The hypocrisy knows no end. Um, she's suddenly interested in bodily autonomy. So when it was about abortion, I guess she's really into the idea that you should be able to kill an eight-month baby. Okay, fine. But when uh, it was about you making a decision, hey, I'm 27 years old and I eat right and I'm otherwise healthy and, you know, I'm a little skeptical of things that just appear out of nowhere and mRNA technology and maybe I don't want to get this vaccine and I take good care of myself. Uh, she was not for bodily autonomy then, right? So the idea that they can even say that with a straight face, it is just incredible, as if they care about freedom. And then she links it to the economy. And it's like, well, lady, you destroyed the economy. Has, has she been to Detroit lately? You do not want to go to Detroit, people. It's like downtown Fallujah. Fallujah. 
another guy who was just absolutely terrible during COVID. This is just a quick throwaway for you. A tweet from the New York Post. Uh, Let's do it again. New York's push for probe of Cuomo's $5 million COVID-19 book deal. You may remember that at the height of COVID when everyone was saying, you know, Andrew Cuomo, he's going to be Joe Biden's attorney general and he's the hero of COVID and everything else. He ended up resigning in disgrace, killed a lot of old people by sending them back into nursing homes and everything. He wrote, right, he wrote, air quotes, a book on COVID leadership in the middle of it, got a $5 million advance. That's what I'm talking about, the laundering of the lies, right? You keep doing everything wrong and you'll be uh, rewarded handsomely for it. Well, now they're looking into it and he may have to give that $5 million back. Ironically, if he was if he was the governor right now of New York, it'd probably be a little bit better than Hochul, but uh, hey, you get what you vote for. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, other people in New York. A little bit from uh, AOC, uh, because she is not happy that Mandela Barnes lost his race for Senate in Wisconsin to Ron Johnson. And you're not going to believe it, guys. Qu- quick, get you got to secure yourself in your seat. You know what she's blaming this on? Yeah, racism. I think there's an argument to be made that when we speak and distance ourselves too much. It's important to identify ourselves strongly as who we are. I I think Tim Ryan ran a phenomenal race. Mandela Barnes ran a great race. I think there are racial dynamics in that race that need to be discussed in terms of how Republicans targeted a a black man running in that race. Um, And I think that that needs to be just put out there. Man, AOC, you you are just such a clown. It is so unfortunate that she is still part of this government. You know, it's interesting there. She says there, she talks about two races, Tim Ryan. So Tim Ryan lost, obviously, to J.D. Vance in Ohio. And then uh, Mandela Barnes, who lost to Ron Johnson in Wisconsin. So she's upset about these two losses. Um, Tim Ryan is white. So obviously, well, he's white. I guess he just lost. We don't know exactly why. But of course, the black guy, Mandela Barnes, has to lose because of racism. It's not because there was all this crazy video of him talking about releasing prisoners back into the streets and defunding the police and everything and the rest of his bad progressive ideas. It can't have anything to do with that. It has to be because he's black. Tim Ryan will have to figure it out. There must have been some other reason with Tim Ryan because he's white. He's got white privilege. He was running against another white guy. Whiteness rises to the top or something like that. And uh, with, uh, with Mandela Barnes, no, it's got to be racism. And that is a fundamental difference, I would say, between uh, blue and red, which is that when, when Democrats lose, they blame the Republicans and the base and, and they blame America because America's racist and bigoted and hates women and all of that stuff, right? That's generally what they go to, exactly what AOC did right there. Republicans, when they lose, and Republicans are sort of taking this thing as a loss, even though I said Republicans are going to get the House. It wasn't, it's not a total loss and we'll see what happens with the Senate. But you know what Republicans seem to be doing? Republicans really seem to be going, man, which way do we have to go in this thing? Do we have to think about this different? Was a guy like Dr. Oz a real mistake? Because look, we ended up with Fetterman. So maybe we don't want these Hollywood type people, even though someone like me kind of came around on him. But maybe that was a real mistake there. Maybe if you take people like Blake Masters, again, who I like, and Carrie Lake, who I like, uh, that these were people who were not in politics before and you ran both of them. Uh, in Arizona. Maybe that was a mistake. Like Republicans all, and I can tell you this from sitting here with Rand Paul and with Jim Jordan, and I'm going to continue talking about it this week with other Republicans, are all kind of going, well, what can we do a little bit differently here? Do we have to go more the Trump route? Is there more of a DeSantis party? Like what 
what are the policies that we have to have, as opposed to just being like, no, it's because the, the Democrats are all racists or all socialists or whatever. It's like, what can we do? And that's, I think, how you refine ideas and get better. So that is a bit of a silver lining to all of this. Um, anyway, let's move on to Trump for a moment. And I have a Donald Trump bust right here. Look at this thing a bust of Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump apparently tonight, they're saying, is going to announce, well, he's saying he's making a major announcement. Everyone is saying that, it's that he's gonna run for president again, which I can only imagine the heads that will be exploding in the peace and tolerance rallies that we're gonna be having all throughout Blue Cities. Uh, but who the hell knows what he's gonna do? Like, I think he could do anything at this point. Like, maybe he'll leave the party, like, and, and start the Trump party, the MAGA party. Like, who knows what he's gonna do? But anyway, he's back in the news. And uh, everyone's talking about Trump again, and they're talking about this, you know, potential Trump and DeSantis thing. Uh, but let's relate this back to misinformation, which is where I started. Here's MSNBC uh, talking about why Trump took things and brought them to Mar-a-Lago, even though that thing kind of fizzled out, didn't it? Saying that federal agents and prosecutors, as it relates to the classified documents that the former president had at Mar-a-Lago, that these agents and prosecutors have come to believe that his motive was largely his ego, you write, and a desire to hold on to the materials as trophies or mementos, according to people familiar with the matter. I should also note that you, you point out that um, this analysis on the motive is not, strictly speaking, an element of determining whether anything he did was criminal. <laughs> I love what they're doing over there. First off, I'm not sure your motive, she finally gets to it at the end, I'm not sure your motive, if you did something truly illegal, your motive, whether your motive was good or not, is sort of irrelevant. But you know, it's his ego, that's why he took these documents. Presidents, every president who has ever existed has taken documents from the White House. They figure out what they're gonna do with things and they have archives and build libraries and all of these things. With Trump, it was his ego that he had to do, you know, that's what caused him to do all of this. Uh, and uh, I guess the guy does have a bit of an ego. Uh, now we have to flip back to the view. Jesus, why do we do this to the people? Anna Navarro uh, was talking about the, the big Trump wedding, Tiffany uh, Trump, who's Donald Trump's youngest daughter. Uh, she got married this weekend and Anna Navarro was a little, a little catty about it. I have to say I love bright. Tiffany's dress. I couldn't pull it off, but that was beautiful. Tiffany so, looks fantastic. They used to always come down on her and she, she was the nice. unattractive Trump. She was the one. She, she was the cute Trump. Mm -hmm. like, she was the cute Trump. Trump. I mean, she just, and she Twitter. just married an actual billionaire, not one that a has real to borrow one? billions from the Saudis. <laughs> You see? Maybe we'll see his taxes. She's winning. <laughs> Tiffany's winning. Okay. I, I think they I think those Trump women look like a box of Jordan almonds. <laughs> I'm not even sure what the joke is there. Like are Jordan almonds a special type of almond that look a little more like Trump people or they're a little paler? Is that what the idea is? I mean, just try to do the reverse of this, right? I know you guys get it and the double standards don't matter to some degree. But if you do the reverse of this, imagine if this was a group of Republican women talking about AOC's wedding and that she had a bunch of Latina girls on stage with her and they were like, boy, that reminds me of, of a bunch of junior mints or something like that, right? It's like, really? Like these people, they're just so boring and everything's racial to them and not good. I don't like these ladies of The View. I don't like you ladies. Uh, anyway, it does appear Trump's doing something tonight. Trump posted this on uh, Truth Social. Uh, he said, hopefully tomorrow will turn out to be one of the most important days in the history of our 
country. So we shall see what that means. Uh, again, he did do that on Truth Social, which is his, you know, Twitter clone, uh, which I'm posting on Truth Social as well. I think they're doing a nice job over there. Uh, but he is not on Twitter. That stuff remains to be seen, how Elon will deal with him. Elon has said several times that he's going to deal with all of the banned people, but they're trying to figure out so many things at once right now. And it has definitely not been an easy lift over there. And the, and the main purpose uh, or the main point of me uh, bringing up truth specifically is that we still need alternatives. They are not going to stop with misinformation. They are not going to stop colluding with the government to silence certain people. Yes, maybe Elon will have some force fields around Twitter now, but it'll still be happening when it comes to Facebook and Instagram and other things. So we must continue uh, to build new things and, and find those off ramps. Uh, and here's just a little bit of me discussing just that on Tim Pool's uh, IRL last night. But I am telling you without question, there has never been a tech company built in, in any sense that we know anything of that it is free speech is baked into the ethos of this company. I'm telling you, everyone on the board at Rumble is in this thing for free speech, for every issue we've discussed here. These people are in it for the right reasons. It is not the perfect force field um, for some of the reasons that you mentioned, but it's pretty damn good. Rumble right. also has a lawsuit right now against Google that's gonna, you know, that we won discovery on. So Rumble is going to get access basically to the Google algorithm. So if you didn't know about that last part that I mentioned, uh, Rumble about two years ago sued Google over their search and where they were depressing certain views and hiding certain things and elevating other things. Uh, a judge, I think it's a California judge, actually went ahead and approved the, the lawsuit to go forward. So Rumble is going to get discovery and within that can kind of figure out what Google was doing with the algorithm. So Google may have to pay out billions of dollars if they don't want anyone to look at the algorithm. The point is that between Twitter and some of these lawsuits and some of these documents being leaked where we're seeing the collusion with the government, some of the stuff, the, some of the misinformation that was told to us to be true and nonsense, it is kind of bubbling up right now. It, we are getting some clarity on some of this stuff and I think that's really, really good. We still have to keep building things. We have to build, I mean, when I say that, it's like we have to build better tech, but we have to build better states. We have to build better institutions, better educational institutions, better everything. Like we can actually do it, guys. We really can. That's what the American dream is all about. Like, oh, there's a problem. Let's solve that problem. Maybe we'll make a little money along the way too. That would be that would be pretty cool. Uh, all right, we got a cold close for you in just a moment. Let me get to a couple comments from the Rubin Report locals community. Uh, EK says Whitmer looks like the Green Goblin. No offense to the Green Goblin. Uh, yeah, her, her face, it's like, it looks like a mask. Lady, ease up with the Botox. Elizabeth says, Democrats can say anything and the media will back them up. I wouldn't be surprised if they go full 1984 and write and backdate an article about it. I mean, yeah, nothing would surprise me at this point. It is just, that is what it is. But it's one of those things where I think the best way to not get frustrated by it is know it. You're watching this show, you guys know it, right? Like you can see through the nonsense to the best of your ability, to the best of my ability. And then you, you won't go crazy when they lie. You'll be able to calmly to explain, explain to your friends, you know, that was a lie, right? Like that moment that I had with Bill Maher. Bill, uh, Hillary said that Donald Trump's an illegitimate president. No, no, that's what he said. No, she didn't. I said, Bill, I got the receipts. Now Bill knows. Maybe that moved him a little bit. Not enough for this election, but like being armed with the truth, it'll keep you calmer, it'll keep you happier, and it'll keep you saner. 
Uh, Amy says, why is it that at a time when slow vote count is happening in, in the same places in record numbers, it never turns out to be, it never turns out to favor the Republican candidate? Isn't that something? Isn't that something? It never does. Like, not uh, occasionally, not once in a while, it never does. Now, the Democrats would argue, well, that's because our people like early voting more, our people like mail-in ballots more. Now, that may be true, but it does not mean that it's right. This bundling has to come to an end. As I said earlier, even if it's all legit, I can't, right now, I can't sit here and point to something that I know was an absolute fraud. But even if it's all legit, how do you think the average person, even, even a Democrat now, Right, Mark Kelly will be the senator, okay, Katie Hobbs will be the governor. Do you think the average Arizonan feels more or less confident in their elections right now? Even if they got the result that they want, they have to be going, well, why did this thing take six days? What are we doing here? And Andrea Mitchell can tell you that Maricopa County's got the best election security and systems around, um, but the proof is it took them six days. So it's like, come on, lady, we can see some stuff right in front of us. Uh, guys, we, we are going to continue uh, an exciting little trip here in D.C. We're going to wander out. I'm going to go to the Washington Monument. We'll go to the uh, Lincoln Memorial. We're going to go to the Jefferson Memorial, which is one of my favorites. It's a little bit off the beaten path. We're going to wander around. I'm going to head over to Newsmax a little bit later. Uh, and uh, Oh, and then I'm going over to the Senate building, but that's on the DL. Why did I say that? Well, what am I doing over here? Uh, part one of my interview with former Wisconsin Governor uh, Scott Walker is up right now. And uh, you can join us, as always, if you want to chat along with us during the show at rubenreport.locals.com. And we leave you with the elderly man pretending to be president. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Rubin Report Direct Message. We're live on Rumble, Blaze TV, and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And if you're looking for early and exclusive content, you can join me on Locals at rubinreport.locals.com.